This is Chazor of the Shir that we had in Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Baha'aloyischa. We were learning, we were learning the Shabbos about a very painful, a very painful subject, which wasn't something that we spoke about growing up, and it's not something that we really have to think about a great deal, but we need to understand as a marshal for our lives. So we're talking a little bit now about the end of life, only that we could understand how to live. And the subject we were talking about last week was Chibut HaKever. All we know is that Chazal have described to us, Chazal have described to us in great, Chazal described to us in great detail how, how there is some upheaval and turmoil very unbearable upheaval and turmoil that Khalila that a person has to go through in the grave, that time after death. And Rav Schwartz was explaining the meaning of that in the context of what we're learning. The painful the painful separation between the Neshama and the Guf when a person's entire life was spent identifying with physical reality and to a large extent ignoring the deeper spiritual reality of who he is, ignoring the neshama, that, that mitzias, that new, that new identity of, of being a neshama without the guf is called chibut And we were learning about how we, that in this world, in this world, look how difficult it is, Lalainu and Almana, for a for a woman who spent her life taking care of and, and, and loving a person. That separation and the difficulty that she has adjusting from day to day with the new reality of who she is, that she's not anymore a married person. That's only a tiny bit of a taste of what that receiver, that soaring apart of a person, the breaking of the neshama and the guf, of that connection, it's only a, a taste, a little bit of a taste. It's to understand on a deeper level how this applies to us. And of course the tachlis of all of this is to give us tremendous ischaskis, not to depress us and to think about death, but to think much more about how to live. So on page Ayin Zayin, in the middle of the page, a person who, on the other hand, identifies himself as that's enclosed in the body. Being enclosed in the body means, of course, that a person eats and drinks and sleeps and goes to work and so on. But he never ever forgets that the etzim of who he is, the the air that he breathes, and the life that is the life of uh, the internal life of his life, his real life is etzim, neshama, which is mulbeshes beguf. Neshama and neshama sheyeshe lehalavush. He's really a neshama that's enclosed in this garment that is called hanikra guf, that's called the body. 
the process of dying. For that person who during his life was on the Shama, that's Moldashus Baguf, Tahalikhamisishaloi, the process of his dying. Kaisa Adam Hapaishit Khutsa Yishaina Yishana Valoy Veshhutsa Hadasha. He is like the person who's taking off an old, wrinkled and somewhat soiled shirt or outfit or suit and replacing it with something fresh and new. As we spoke about last Shabbos, that Rabbi Nachman, when he was dying, and everybody was standing around crying, so upset and so worried, Rabbi Nachman smiled and he said, you should know that for me, for me this is nothing more than, than taking off, than changing an outfit. That's all it is, taking off an outfit and putting on something else. So for this person who who lives his entire life as an neshama that's simply wearing a suit, and the Shama that's wearing a beggar, that's wearing a lavush, for him, dying is without chibut hakeva, or a very, very minimal amount. There has to be something. There has to be some pain, obviously, of separation, because Sokhalsof are not angels. But it's much, much less. When a person leaves the world, he receives new garments. But the new garments that he receives are not called guf, are not called the body. This new lavush that he gets after he leaves the world, this new lavush does not consist of physical eyes and ears and, and hands and feet and so on. It's a sug, it's a type of a lavush ruchni, it's a type of a spiritual, of a spiritual lavush. Ke'ein ha'kaisnais or shahoyu lo adam harishin. Like the garments of light that adam harishin, that adam harishin originally, that adam harishin originally wore and could have continued wearing. You recall that the Torah itself, of course, tells us that after the fall of adam Chava, they were given kaisnais or. They were given garments of or with an ayin of leather of skin regular garments. In the Sefer Torah of Rabbi Meir, which is not referring to a physical Sefer Torah that would God forbid be possible if there's a letter that's changed, but somehow on a much deeper level, in that Sefer Torah of Rabbi Meir, whose name, the, his, the name that he was called by, wasn't the name from his real name, but the name that he was called by Meir means light. In his Sefer Torah, Kaisnais or, garments of or, is spelled with an aleph, garments of light which means man in his ideal state. Man in his ideal state that does not see himself as a goof, does not see himself essentially as a piece of skin, a piece of leather that contains epis, something of a neshama, but sees himself for who he really is. Male or, lichtig, filled with light, filled with light. Kaisnais or, garments of light, shahoyu adam A person after death, that person who lived his entire life in a lichtiger way, or filled with light, always connected to and living in the or of the essence of who he is, that person, once he leaves the world, the guf, the guf is removed. That separation 
for this individual, that separation between the Nisham and the Guf is like Chazal talk about Moshe Benu's death, the gentle removal of a, of a thin strand of hair from milk, so gentle and soft. That's how, that's how the Tzaddik leaves the world. The one whose life is Molay or during his life, during his life, he he constantly felt and lived in that or After he leaves the world, the removal of the physical body in some way provides him with that unbelievable relief that he's no longer burdened. He's no longer burdened by the body, and he's given a new levush. He no longer has to be. He no longer has to wear the kaisnes or the garments of skin of this world. But he is given a lavush, kaisnais or with an aleph, the original lavush, the original garment, and that's not a painful. That's that's not a painful process. The way that he feels this is that I had this old, I had this old wrinkled shirt, the goof. It's been used for already 80, 90, 120 years. It's been pretty beaten and battered and it's gone through a lot of stuff and it's tired and it's old. And it wasn't anything that to begin with was precious to me. It's something that I had to wear and that had to be taken care of. For this person, and they've given him something new. For that person, this is a relatively easy and pleasant event. So for whom is attack difficult? For whom is death painful? Death is a scary thing. That's why comedians talk about it so much. You know, they, the jokes, the most jokes are made about things that are scared about. They make jokes about death. They make jokes about marriage. Things that they make jokes about Jews. The things that people are most afraid of, that's what they joke about. So Lemi Cain, for whom is death taka scary, and for whom is it painful? Lemi Cain kasheta lechamisa. Tmeisha ma'anu la adam shazihu yishaloi b'meshach chayev hayaguf shebesaych neshama. That person who spent his entire life as a guf, a guf here doesn't mean a person who's not educated, who's unrefined. This could be a guf. This could be a goof that you know that that sips coffee with the pinky up. This is a goof. This is a goof that has a couple of PhDs, that reads that reads uh, you know Shakespeare in the bathroom. This could be a very chosh of a chosh of a goof. We're not talking about something that's 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 low or disgusting or unrefined, but it's a goof, and that person lived his life as a goof. Of course. Every person knows that there's something mysterious and intangible. There's something inside of me that, that gives me life. But that wasn't anything that he lived with. He just knew of it. And he accepted it. And he might have occasionally wondered about it or tended a little bit to its needs. But for the most part, he lived He lived in the goof. He lived in the goof. This person's way of identifying with the neshama was very, very weak, very dim and very weak. So Adam Kazah, a person like this, when it's time for him to leave the world. So for this person, it's terrible. Why? Because 
his entire way of identifying himself, his whole picture of life and all that exists is being taken from him. And how does he feel? Humargish ibadati eshakol. I am completely and totally lost. Everything has been taken from me. Everything is totally, totally gone. I mentioned on Shabbos, and, and recently they, there was a wonderful book about Rav Shlomo Feifel, came out, the, the things that he said, and, and, and more importantly, the way that he lived. And, and it reminded me, I was thinking about, I mentioned a few times over the years in Shul, I have very strong memories of, of the times that I was to go to 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 be with Rav Feifel, and and I remember that one time that he was still strong, he was still he was still healthy. And I remember I don't remember the Pasik, you know, I forgot the Pasik in Mishlay that he was talking about, but I remember that he described he described uh, something that happened when he was in Yeshiva that he remembers that in the Yeshiva in the Bismedrish there was uh, there was a person who was a Givaldiga Talmud Chachem. It was a tremendous Tamachachim. And any question that they had in any sugi, in any gemara, in anything, they were able to go to this person and it was Munach Bakrufsa, Himamish Mushas, inside out. And yet, Reb Shlomo said that the fellows in Yeshiva, this was, a, this was a married person, the fellows, in, uh, an older person, the fellows in Yeshiva saw that he was a, a lonely type. He wasn't Mu'urban Abriyaz. He was great in learning. But he wasn't really part of the chavra, and he also, Reb Shlomo said that that the guys used to go and eat meals by different married couples from the Bismadrish, and and it seemed that that nobody ever went to spend Shabbos with this with this guy with this Talmud Chacham, and Reb Shlomo, as you know, is an unbelievably heartsiger, good-natured person. And he spoke to a couple of the guys, and uh, and, and and he went and he asked this Tamachachim would we be able to come uh, Friday night, a couple of the guys for, for the meal. And he was so happy, he was so excited. Apparently, this is not something that people were looking for, and and he went. Edward Shlomo went with the guys for Friday night, and 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 it was it was beautiful. So, so Shalom Aleichem, they were singing and everything that came, Kiddush and Zemir, everything was going great. And then, and then uh, something happened. And Rabbi Shalom said he understood. He understood why he was alone and he understood why people were not encouraged to go there for Shabbos. <clears throat> the Talmud Chacham uh, leaned back, uh, he was very relaxed and Shabbos Dik. And he said, "It's time." He asked his wife to please bring to bring him his beer. Apparently, apparently he enjoyed a particular beer on Friday night. I remember Rabbi said that there was a place that this beer was made on Utica Avenue somewhere. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know where that is or if it is anymore. But there was this beer from Utica Avenue that this yid that this yid considered to be a very big part of his Hanukkah Shabbos, and and the fellow sat there. And uh, oh, they're okay with a drink of beer, but the rabbits in Nabuch, this guy's wife, gasped, and she started to mumble that that I, I, I didn't know what happened. I got so busy. I have Shabbos because of this and that, and I I, I don't know. And I, 
and a kid said she forgot she forgot the beer she forgot to buy his beer so the Shlomo said the guy became enraged like an animal his, he turned dark red and he, he started shaking the table banging on the table screaming for his beer he was banging the, she started to cry the, the candles turned over his Michal Shabbos fell down and went out of candle and for his beer for his beer started shaking the table and things were falling the guys benched uh, he said we benched quietly to ourselves and we sort of backed out of the door and and Rabbi said that he that when they came to the yeshiva and, uh, when they were back in the yeshiva the next day or Sunday whatever so Rav Hutner said something to him that uh, you understand there's a reason why the island doesn't spend Shabbos over there there's a reason why and I don't remember the Pusik that, that Rav Shalom was saying for Mishlei but there's a Pusik about how uh, there's a Pusik about uh, about a great person who Nabuch is because of his anger that the anger takes away from his greatness and makes him into a makes him into a fool and and you see that it's possible it's possible that a person can be filled with Gemara Rashi Taisvises and he knows Rambans and, and Ritvas and he knows Shita Mukubetsis and Rabbi Kivegas so he is a person that's filled with with Torah he knows a, he knows a tremendous amount of Torah but Lamaisa he couldn't overcome he couldn't overcome, he couldn't accept a Friday night without the beer from Yudhik Avenue. Arkidekach, that taking away the beer, that he was so mechubah, he was so identical, he so much connected his Oynik Shabbos to a stupid beer, Arkidekach, that he was prepared to, to humiliate his wife in front of the guys. He was prepared to mechal Shabbos. He was prepared to live basically a life of loneliness as a, because of his inability to rise up to the occasion and to rise up to the to, to the mitzvahs of an neshama of an neshama that's mulbeshes in a goof, but instead the goof was so stark, was so strong that a person like this lost everything, ruined everything because of that. That's what the, that's what Rosh is saying. Adam Kazeb b'shalshu hameis. B'shalshu hameis. Person, this person who lived his whole life in the guf. That's who I am. Who am I? Like we were told now last week, I'm the little red string in the mikveh. Who am I? I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm I'm this uh, glass of beer. That's who I am. And if I don't have that, I lose myself. I've lost myself. If I don't have it, I've lost myself. As I mentioned that that I remember that I was once uh, years ago. I was once uh, by my parents. And my mother was watching the news, and at that time, I think it was Mayor Koch was at that time, and he and they were working in the city on making a gazera that that no one would be allowed to carry those. It used to be these big. Boomboxes, they called them. I don't know what the official name was, but they, but you know these huge radios, and, and uh, huge radios and tape recorders that that a Jew couldn't even carry it so heavy. You understand? So now we have Yiddish Zachen, they make tiny little iPods and so on. But in those days, they had these big, big, big boxes that 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 a Yid couldn't even carry. But there were a lot of these guys that were walking around, and they were bothering everybody in the subways. They were going in the subways with these big things, and people were loud and bothering them and so on. So. The mayor and the rest of the guys there in, in, in City Hall, they wanted to make a, a gzera. 
that you can't have these things uh, playing or whatever uh, on the train in the subway. And I remember that, that they were interviewing one of these guys who was standing there in the subway uh, with, with one of these big, big, like 500-pound uh, things on his shoulder. And, and the guy from the, from the news said, well, uh, how do you feel about this, uh, this, about the, this decision that's being made about, about the, uh, the radios or whatever? So he started to scream. Uh, he was very, very agitated and animated. And he started to scream. He said that nobody's going to take away my box. Nobody. And he said, Lashonis, that, like I, that before they take this to me, they have to kill me. They have to kill me before they take away my box. So we look at them. You look at them, and you, and you, you know, you, you laugh and you cry a little bit that a human being could descend into such a place of smallness that that he's prepared to give up his life. I'm sure, I don't think he would actually do that. He would probably take other people's lives, but he's prepared to give up his life for a radio. In other words, his life is so defined by by an electronic appliance on his shoulder. It's so defined by that that he can't envision a life without it as being something that's worth living. So, he's not... This, of course, is a person who's empty. The, the Talmud Chachem in Reb Shalom's story is a person who's filled. But is there such a tremendous difference between the two? A, at least the fellow with the radio didn't humiliate his wife and wasn't Machal Shabbos. Maybe that's a difference. But as far as as far as that feeling of being lost, of having nothing, Ibarati is hakol. Everything is gone. That's how the person feels. So tell the guy, what are you worried about? We're taking away from you your beer, we're taking away from you your radio, but we're giving you a new lavush. It's a lavush, it's b'emes oitzer elyon. It's an oitzer elyon, it's mamash, it's the highest treasure. A new lavush. Forget about the radio, forget about the beer, forget about... Forget about all that, the food and the, and, and the guys and the girls and, the, and forget about all that stuff and the games and the, all the vacations. We're giving you a lavush and the shama, a higher level of the highest thing in the world we're giving you. What does this guy have a shaykh? What? Even a, a bigger, a greater lavush. All I know is my old shirt, my old suit. That's what I lived with. That's how I saw myself. By my, that's my lavush. You can't take away the same way you can't take my name away from me. You can't take away from me my 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 wife or my husband or my parents. You can't take away anything from me that's my that's, that's from the world of my goof. As far as something new that you're giving me, he doesn't understand this yet. He doesn't know it. And it's not what we think, that the second that a person dies, all of a sudden everything becomes clear. It's not. The upheaval that takes place after life is there is a stage in between where the person doesn't yet know everything. He's still, unfortunately, he's still connected too much to this world, even after he dies. He's still holding on to this world. And it doesn't happen all of a sudden. Oh, now, yes, the question. Now I understand everything. Oh, everything is gewaldic. And they're giving me this big neshama. I never, the neshama, that's all I care about is neshama. It's not so positive. Chibut HaKever means that there is a period of decontamination. There's something there in between. And it's that tearing away of the, of, 
it's that tearing away of the goof from the neshama that for this person gives him that feeling of everything being lost because he doesn't yet know the significance of his neshama and what they're giving him. So an oitzelayin, you thought again, is a big, big thing. We're giving you a big oitzelayin. So the same way, the same way, if you tell a person, I'm giving you an oitzelayin, you get a guy that his whole life is meat and potatoes and a, you know a good ball game and a, and a beer, and you tell the guy. Now we're gonna we're gonna give you an oilam haba. What's the oilam haba? This is we're gonna you're gonna go here, uh, uh, four hours shear, a uh, four hour shear from you know chveis from uh, from abchaim briska. Yeah, four hour shear abchaim briska for this guy is manush gehanim. If you if you tell the guy we're giving you gan eden, we're giving you something which is paradise for this guy, his paradise would be the continuation of what his paradise was when he was alive, whatever that was while he was alive with all of his dinyanis, his goof. That's his paradise. So you're going to tell this guy, I'm giving you an Eitzel Elyon, you're going to be allowed to go here in the Shom from Chaim Brisk, uh, to hear a, uh, a Shir from Chaim Brisk, what do I have? That's an Eitzel Elyon for me? That's a gift you give me? That's a Ganem. Anybody that's ever sat in the Shir that he doesn't belong in, you know that even though the Shir, people could be sitting there crying or clapping and happy, excited, they never heard such a Gewaldig Shir for you, it's a Ganem to be in a place like that. So even though they're telling you they're giving you a, the highest Lavush, the highest Lavush, Remember when my when my, when my father's uncle was on Zion, when when we lived in Eretz Israel, so that the first year we lived there, we lived in Natanya, and Shabbos Mavarchim, we used to have an Ishtibel down the block. But Shabbos Mavarchim, my father always liked to go to the big shul. The big shul was a mahalach. It was all the way across Natanya, which took around twelve minutes, but it was on the other side of town. And and this why we go to the big shul <clears throat> because. Shabbos Mavarchim in the big shul they had this Veltzchazen, a great, great chazan. It's a famous chazan now. It's a very famous chazan, and, and I'm sure it's terrific. Uh, but I have no, I have no hergish for chazanis. To me, it's it, it's a mystery. I understand it's a very great art. I, I know that they have great art in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, but I I went there once. I never want to go the rest of my life. And lahavdu chazanis, I could also live without. So, so my father felt that this was part of my upbringing, that, that he needs to teach me the beauty of Chazanus. And, and instead of being able to daven in a nice little shtibel that we had down the block, we went to the big shul, and, and this, this Chazan got up with the whole thing, you know, with the hat, the, the whole thing. And he would get up there, and he would sing, and it was very, very long. And to me, it was unbearably painful. And all the shaves I played to all the Alta Yidin, remember my father wouldn't even sit down the entire time. My father just stood there with his eyes closed. It was again Aden for my father. And there were other kids that their fathers and grandfathers slept until he had a big chazan. And they were all like looking at each other. When, 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 will, we, you know, when will we be finished with this, 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 terrible, this terrible torture that our parents, that our fathers are putting us through? And my father couldn't understand. I went and I spoke to my mother about it. You know, why every Shabbos, Mavarchim, I have to go to this, of course, the whole city to go to hear this chazan. I can't even... Daven, you know, then you start to use religious reasons why it's not good for my Yiddishkeit and so on. I need to daven better, I daven better in the shtibel. So for one person's one person's are alien, we understand that for those Yidin that they grew up with Chazanus, like my father and the other Jews, that for them the most exciting time of the week was to hear the Chazan and Shabbos. You know, they didn't have they didn't have uh, you know uh, they didn't have the Yankees and the Knicks. So the most exciting thing in their lives was was uh, was the Chazan and Shabbos. My father said the most memorable thing for the children of Ungar, of his hometown, that ever, ever happened, was once there was this big Choshava chazan that came to town, and he was gargling, you know, with his mouth open, and his eyes closed, the whole thing, and that a bee went into his mouth. 
and he starts screaming and spitting and everything. And my father said, this was the most exciting thing that ever happened in Ungva. The chazans, the bee that went into the chazan's mouth, and him screaming in the middle of whatever, Davin Kesser, you know, he screamed, threw off his talus to start to scream. That was the high point in the life of the Jews of, of Ungvar. There were many low points, as we know, but that was the high point that they had. That's that for those Jews. Chazonis was is a Ganadin. It was a Ganadin. It was a Ganadin, and it was one of the sweetest things. Growing up was on Sunday. Sunday, some I would see my father, my uncle, my father had some old records, and my uncle had some other ones. So they would switch off. They go to each once in a while to, the, to each other's home, and they put on those crackling old records of Yosla Rosenblatt, Meisha Kusevitsky, and my my father and uncle would sit there and start crying, mamish. I would also cry. I was crying to my mother. My mother should let me out of the house and go play softball. But my father thought this was part of something that I needed to learn, you know, to, to grow up and to learn. So it didn't work because ever since then I've never listened to it again. But I, I, I'm not saying chasham anything bad about chazanas. I know it's a very chasham thing, but it's just not for me. And for that person, if something is not for you, it's a gehenna. Clean and partial. So, they, so after this, when this person is dying, they're telling him, don't worry, we have a gewaldige thing for you. We have an oitze alien. We're giving you a, a, a new outfit. This new lavush. So yes, what kind of, what's this suit? Can I take a look? This lavush, he never saws his lavush. What is his lavush? Is a, you know, this, his lavushim, the lavushim that he had in life, a lavushim. Lavushim that, 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 that were the things that he enjoyed in life. Those are his lavushim while he was alive. And now they're, they're telling him, they're showing him different lavushim. And they tell him this is the most beautiful lavushim in the world. Maybe it's beautiful to you. I, have, I don't. I don't know what this is at all. And because of that, for that person, it's not. not it's not an It's not a mitzvah at all. There's no. What do I do with this? What do I do with this? You give a person. You give a, a meat and potatoes guy. So you give him some fine-tuned, you know, violin. So you give this fellow's this fellow the, the most the most uh, sublime experience he ever had. In his life was, uh, you know, he once had a glass of wine that was, you know, a thirty-dollar glass of wine. Uh, otherwise, he was regular meat and potatoes. Now you give him this beautiful, fancy violin. He doesn't know how to use it. He doesn't know how to use it. He could barely use a knife and a fork. And you're giving him a violin. He doesn't know what to do with it. So this person, after he, when he dies, he's lost because you give him this lavush of the nesham of a high madrig of nesham. He doesn't know what to do with it. L'chein humagish is ovud l'chalutin. He feels himself totally out of sorts, totally lost. And even though I'm making all these, you know, t- these little jokes and stories, but to Emma says that this is a, an unbelievably painful thing that we can't even imagine what the pain is, that's called Chiba Dakeva. Alright. This change of identity. For that person who lived his life as a guf, a guf, a body, that has also a nesham, a nesham inside, as opposed to the person who lived a life as a neshama, which is Mulbesh as being a neshama. The difference is kol echad v'echad mitanu yavar, this transition. Each and every one of us has to go through. A person can avoid the transition of marriage. There are people who decide they don't want to have kids and not going to become mommies and daddies. There are many transitions. I'm not going to change my job. It's too scary. I'm not going to move to another neighborhood. It's too scary. Many, many things in life where there are these scary transitions, we can avoid. The person is really frightened. He could avoid. 
If you never want to go, if you're afraid to go on the airplane, so you take trains. If it means to go to the house, you take a boat, but you're not going to go on the plane. But this is one transition that every single human being must go through this transition. It's not just a transition, it's a transformation. It's that change from being a, a goof that has epis and the shama in it to being a neshama that has become, that has gotten rid or has become disengaged from the goof. Everybody has to go. Kol echad ve'echad mi'itanu yave. Everybody has to go through that. Elishiyesh lano b'chira masai lavezais. That's not a matter of choice. What is a matter of choice is when to begin working on this and when to go through this. Ve'ech lavezais and how to go through it. How to experience this transformation. Ha'im lavezais b'zman shanu chayim kam b'lamazeh. I have the choice to begin to let go of the beer. Of the of the box, of those other things. Again, it doesn't mean you can't have an, a, a drink, and it doesn't mean you can't listen to a song, and it doesn't mean you can't go out uh, every now and then to eat something. I'm not talking about that, but it's a matter of holding on, holding on to dear life, identifying dear life in that way. Arkedekar, that the Tamil Chacham would destroy his wife and Shabbos because of how desperately is holding on to life which he which he identifies with a bottle of beer so a person has a choice to go through this while we're in this world to begin to disengage while we're alive in which case in which case at the time of death it's a relatively painless uh, just a uh, an official process that has to get done, but it's a rel- relatively painless taking the uh, strand of hair out of milk. Or whether you're going to opt to wait for death. Is it going to be something gradual that through life, as I mature, I begin to remove the suits, the shirts, and so on. I begin to remove the levushim of this world one at a time, slowly, gradually, I become less connected to, less dependent upon, less attached to the levushim of this world. In this way, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to take place in a much, much less painful, much less painful way. Or do I apt to wait and to get clapped over the head with an electric shock. It should all fall upon me at one time. Again, which we're not masik. All we're talking about is our mishalom. We're not masik what that pain is. We can't be masik at all. The muscle that we had, the sad muscle of an almana is not even one uh, a fraction of what that means. Not even a fraction of what of what the pain of Chiba Dakever is. All concentrated in that terrible thing called death. Now we understand. We continue on the bottom of the page. Yes, okay. In addition to this, the person, the person who decided, okay, I'm going to wait until I die. I'll deal with it. So the irony is that when he makes that decision, 
Of course, you don't make that decision at one moment, but he's made that decision. We can see by how he lives. The person who makes that decision, while he's alive, he's no longer living. The decision has been not just, I'll wait till I die, but the decision is, I'm no longer alive. Why? He's already now. There's a certain, in a certain level, he's already considered a mace at this point. Because that koyach, that energy, that force that gives life to each and every one of us, that, of course, is the spiritual energy, the koyach that's inside each and every one of us. Which is what? Nishmasa, the neshama. A person who, while he's alive, turns away from, ignores, and rejects the significance and the role that his neshama plays in what life is, for that person, that means he is not identifying with his neshama, which is the source of his life, which is the essence of his life, Therefore, he's a living, breathing, million-dollar-a-year, making a million dollars a year zombie that for all practical purposes appears to be alive and well. The guy plays, uh, the guy plays racquetball on Sunday morning or uh, whatever, and the guy has got uh, four different homes, and he's got uh, five different girlfriends, and he's got all the... Everything. He's kemes mamish. Chazal say this. Al-Zer Chazal. But as he says afterwards, even if Chazal didn't say this, we understand it. Any intelligent person knows this. But Al-Zer Chazal. Rishoyim afilu b'chayeyim kruyim meisim. Rishoyim. Of course, a Russian means an extreme example of this. They're different madregas. And none of us are God forbid Rishoyim. A Russian is an extreme example. But Rishoyim afilu b'chayeyim kruyim meisim. Chazal say that the Rishoyim, even while they're alive, they're called, they're known, they really are dead. Rishoyim afilu b'chayeyim kruyim meisim. I mentioned a few times in Shul that I remember that my Rebbe of David, I remember him saying how, how um, he was, they were sitting, I, I think, I'm, I'm not sure, I think it was by Rabbi Yeruchim, and, and Rabbi Yeruchim told him to look outside, and they looked out the window to the street and Rabbi Yochum asked them, what do you see? So they started, this one says, I see uh, whatever, Moshe, the, the tailor, this one says, Beryl, the, the schlepper, whatever they see. So Rabbi Yochum said, each, to each one is his name. He asked another one, what do you see? Says, I see uh, this one, I see Sarala, so and so. No. So Rabbi Yochum, they didn't know what he was talking about. So Rabbi Yochum said like this, i tell you what I see. I see a Lebedek a living cemetery. A Lebedekebesakvaz. Because there, Yankel, that Yankel the Schlepper, really, Yankel the Schlepper, Yankel the Schlepper was supposed to be Yankel the Dayan, the Dayan from Bialystok. That's who he really was supposed to be. <clears throat> what does that mean? A Lebedekebesakvaz, Rishonah Fidvachem Kuyamesim, means that Yankel lives with his guf and not with his neshama. In the life of the Guf, Yankel descended into a certain way of living, which might be, which might have been an innocent, an innocent and good life, a pure life. I'm sure Yankel was a wonderful guy, but 
the Nisham of Yankel, the Nisham of Yankel had much, much, much infinitely bigger kaiches than that. Infinitely bigger kaiches than that. But Yankel saw himself as a goof. A goof with the Nishama. What does the Nishama need? Nishama needs a Maida'ani, Nishama needs an Ashray, and Yishtabach, fine. But really, Yankel didn't understand. To love the Gebezik Faris. Alchaz Kamavakam, how much more so? Alchazal is saying, they were shoyim, they shoyim. Akru yimesim. Hunikru Why? Because we understand that a person who doesn't have a neshama, a person who doesn't have a neshama, who only has a guf, what's a dead person? That person is a body without a soul. Any, any body without a soul is dead. So therefore, this person whose entire life is invested in his body, in his physical life, hunikru it's a chesed from Hashem's Baruch that he has for a couple of years, that, 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 even though he's ignoring it, that Lama Yisad Neshama is there, but for all practical purposes, Hunik Remez. Im Adam Bishar Shehuchai Kan Ba'olam, Ein Lo Yizihui Iman Neshama Shabai. If while a person is here in the world, he doesn't identify with his Neshama, Ein Lo Yizihui Iman Neshama Shabai. Hareshu Ka'adam, then he's he's one of the he's one of the living dead. He's a member of the Lebedegevesekvaris society. He's a balguf. He has a body. Without a neshama. Meis kipshuta. Meis. Gam im chazal akadashim lahoy Even if chazal would not have revealed this to us, that there's such a thing that a living person is dead. Even if they wouldn't have said that, we would, we would understand it on our own. We understand. He is dead because he has no inner chiyas. Because there's no chiyas inside of him. He's laughing, he's smiling, he's writing books, he's buying buildings. He, he's 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 yadding and he's flying and he's running and he's coming and he's going. But Even if he'll swear to you, he's happy and he feels fulfilled. He feels absolutely fulfilled with his life. He has the most fulfilling life in the world. He has no chiyas When we look around ourselves, when we look around, we see. That the entire world, more now than ever before, people in the past were too busy trying to just survive, just to make ends meet. When we look around, we see a world that's a world that, that's completely, completely busy with running after, with pursuing all the Tanugas Hachaimah. Each person has a certain tanug, a certain pleasure that that does it for him. That person's pleasure. Everybody has his boombox. Everybody has his beer. That's his pleasure. And what that person's pleasure is, is moishichim. It, it, it draws him. It not only draws him, it imprisons him. He's, in, he, he's imprisoned by the chaymer, of the tanugim, of these pleasures, which are called pleasures, but we know that the pleasures themselves, the pleasures themselves, 
on a very simple level, are, are contributing to his physical death. Death. It's ironic that what the person enjoys most could be undermining what he wants more than anything, which is the goof. And the goof itself is being destroyed, is being destroyed by these tanugas. He's more drawn to that. So we can laugh about the fellow on the, the on the fellow that's on the on the nose, the guy that's holding on to his boombox and say, What a Rahman is what kind of a what kind of human being is that that he can't part from his boombox? And then and we're talking about this as we're standing online, you know, Matsy Pesach for the first pizza or Matsy Shabbos after fressing an entire day and complaining that you don't know you, you, you're in such pain you have to find you know where there's a where's there a pharmacy that's an all-night pharmacy Matsy Shabbos but before you go to the drugstore to find the latest you know uh, anti-acid or whatever you, you stop off on Central Avenue to pick up the newest slice from the newest pizza shop if the fressing if they're being Shabbos the whole day with the chant and the kugel with, and then online, we're telling stories about, look at them, look at them, look how this crazy is holding on to this boombox, he can't let go. <clears throat> and how do you feel? I feel sick. Don't ask what I went through this Shabbos. My stomach, I was so sick. I was so sick. While well, you're online in the pizza shop. So who is a bigger Achmanis? Everybody has his Tanugim. Lis'anugus Anugim. What are you holding on to? A bossa, a slava dogim, a radio, a beer, whatever it is. You have to have a certain newspaper. That newspaper. If you don't have that newspaper, oh, it's not, the day is not worth living. The Shabbos is kind of Shabbos. That newspaper you have to have. Everybody has. You have to go through a whole list of Talmudim. Everybody knows his, everybody knows his, his own his own Indian. His own Indian. My, my, my children know that Daddy likes diet cherry coke, cherry coke zero, better than he likes dialed diet wild cherry Pepsi. I'm embarrassed to admit that. My children know. In other words, they can write a Mimet Sefer when I'm 120. Point Nitman, here is, here is hidden Chaim Moshe by Mordechai Yerusif. Here is hidden Weinberger. And I can say on Mimet Sefer, Oh, have the Libay Venafshay. He loved with his heart and soul. Es Mishpachtay. He loved his family, true. And he loved Tyra, I hope it's true. And he loved Jews, I hope it's true. And he loved Cherry Zero. That's for sure true. That's 100% true. And not only that, but they could also write there, not like the people who hold the died while Cherry Pepsi is is the tops. Really, Cherry Zero is better. And it's a bush and a cherpa. Because I, n- I have no idea what foods my father likes better than other foods, nor do I have any idea what drinks he likes better than other drink. It was only what my mother put on the table. I never heard my father talk about it, ever. I never heard my father say to my mother, when you're in the grocery, can you pick this up for me? I never heard once my father say, when you're in the grocery, don't forget to pick this up for me. But my girls running from the house, running from the store, Daddy, Daddy, you won't believe it. They had in Brach, they got in some Cherry Zero. Daddy, they got in some Cherry Zero. It's a bush in the hair. You can put it, yeah. They could put it. They could put it on. Uh, they could put it on 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 uh, on the matzeiv. They could put it on the matzeiv. It's a bush and a chab. Everybody has his tamugim. Zebukai v'zebukai, mibukai mibukai. Avol hamachana meshutaf kimat bekulam hu. What's the common denominator? What do they all share in common? Shayil machay meshayva isam. That the physical world entraps and imprisons them. Hein nimtzayim bebeis hasayer. 
it's kind of love to give basic first. It's not only a big cemetery, it's a big jail. It's a big penitentiary, it's a big prison. Shall her deep People who are not people who don't need those things, who don't need the pizza, who don't need the drink or the soda, they're free. They're not dependent. They're free. Otherwise, you're living in a big jail. A person who pursues Chaymer and identifies himself with Chaymer while he's alive in Chaymer. It's a living death. You go outside, you see people. Everybody's running here and there. Everybody's looking for something. Nobody knows. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? What are you running? Your life, the way you're running all the time. What are you looking for? Each one feels something is missing. So this guy, Zechayshev, so this guy tells you what? I'll tell you what's missing. All day long, all week long, I'm working in this horrible office. You know what I'm looking for now? I'm looking for a concert. Oh, that's what's missing, because the whole week I'm hacking the end of work, and it's terrible, and it's... Uh, I've been so busy... And I know what's missing from my life is the pleasure of going to the concert. That's that's the chesar. So that's where you're running. I'm running because the concert's at eight, and it's quarter to eight. And please stop talking. I got to get to the concert. And then what's going to happen is you smile like chesar. Then the chesar and what's missing will be filled. The other guy, if you ask him, what are you, what are you doing? I have a very hard situation. My life, whatever. I'm going. I've been planning for a long time. I'm going on a trip. And that trip is going to... Is that, that's what's missing for me. What's missing for my life is that trip. And, and when I go on that trip, then it's not going to be missing. I'm not going to feel any more chesar. We know how it is. The guy gets back from the concert. The guy gets back from the trip. Enjoy the concert. He enjoyed the trip. It's much more likely that a person enjoys a concert than a trip. But whatever it was, that enjoyment or that pleasure that he was able to lose himself in for the time of the concert or for the time of the trip, it was just like say regga. We know that it's fleeting and it disappears. It could be a day or two, it lingers. Guy was able to get chutzlaretz, maybe he stretched out the pleasure a little bit longer. And now that he came back from Paris, from Rome, and he and he saw and he saw the Eiffel Tower, and he saw the he saw the the the, the arch of uh, Titus, whatever it is, and the guys uh, the guy saw the guy came back and he went and he had a chavaya. he's a yid. So what happens to this yid? So Shlomel says, "V'anefesh leitem malay." The soul is not full. The neshama, the basmelech, mashu. Still dry. Something is missing. Still the emptiness. Still the emptiness. Because all that he all that he was filling was the goof. All that he was feeding was the goof. And the goof takes and takes and takes. He didn't feed the neshama. Anytime you or I ever did a small every time you even do a small taiva for another person, we feel infinitely more full than going to the, to, to see some uh, some some interesting thing. A museum, a chreswas, whatever. 
Because why? Because then you're giving the neshama, you're feeding the neshama. Any moment of bittel hayesh, any moment that you give up yourself and do for someone else, or the bari ha'olam, you do for the bari ha'olam, is infinitely more gratifying. Because then what? Because the neshama, the neshama, the essence is being nurtured. The essence is, is receiving a kezayis. So a person comes back from the trip, he comes back from the council, wherever it was, no, still dry. Mashu Still missing. What is it that's missing inside? What's missing? It's not that there is, not that this guy, this ep is something that's missing, a thing is missing. Every honest person knows this to be true. Nobody needs any proofs of this. Everything is missing. Like the person when he's, when he, the person when he dies and the goof is taken away. So now the person, now the person while he's alive, his trip to Rome has been taken away. He has nothing. He has nothing. His beer was taken. He has nothing. His box is taken. He's got nothing. His soda is nothing. His vacation, his concert, kinkum. What am I left with? Garnished. Hakol chaser. Adam hu neshama. Ayid. You see, a goy lahavdol can feel a more lingering satisfaction with those things, but a Jew can't. So ha'adam hu neshama ha'mulbeshes beguf, because a yid the emes is a neshama, is a basmelech, that's enclosed in a guf, that's enclosed in a in a city dweller, in a regular guy, which is the guf, the body, a very very plain garment of skin. Uchshuhu mizayas atzmei maguf. And when he and, and if he identifies himself with the goof of the body, not that he's missing something, it's a different language. It's a different it's a completely different it's a completely different diet that the Basmelech needs. He does nothing. So the guy only got paid eighty percent of his salary that month. He could still survive, you know. If he got 80% of his salary for that month, we're not talking about people that have big uh, saving accounts or whose money's tied down in real estate. So this guy, he'll survive. He got 80% of the salary to manage. The end of the month, you didn't get paid a penny. You can't start the next month. You're totally lost. You have nothing. That's the feeling. That's a taste of a, a mashu of a mashu, not a kazais, a mashu of of what it means to be alive and dead at the same time. That emptiness. That emptiness. That I remember a famous songwriter said in the Russian, I'm empty and aching and I don't know why. I'm empty and I don't know why. That's not eighty percent. It's garnished. Hametziyah shel adam. Hametziyah shel adam mazulim achaimer. The life, the reality of a person who lives in chaimer, who metziyah shel adam meis. He's the metziyah of a person who is not alive. My adam shenimtze benahar. But this is particularly pathetic. It's big rachmanis, like a person who's drowning in the river. I made litbaya. Who margish she'elohein hadakais ha'achreinus shelo'i aleadmus? He has this horrible, 
the horrible reality setting in in those seconds into his brain, that I'm I'm gone. That's it. This is the last this is the last few seconds of my life. He's drowning. I'm empty. I have nothing. My life is slipping away. So what does he do? He, all, he's, all he wants to do, he's trying to live. So he sees, so he sees that, that, he, that he needs to go another, another 20, 30 feet to get out of the water. And he's trying, he just, even though he's, already, he's holding his breath, he's going to explode. And he just wants to get to the top of the water. And he sees some light over there. And he's gasping. He's, and he comes up there and he opens his mouth to, to take in the, to take in the air and to live. But what is it over there? It's not air. It's not yet. It's not really the air. It's just a lighter color of water. And he opens his mouth and, 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 he, and he's trying to live by swallowing more salt water, which itself is death. Shmuel told me that uh, he mentioned to me uh, somebody told him that that he had a maisa that there was um there was a fire there was a fire in the uh, lane in the house and it was and it was filled with smoke and the guy was choking to death so what do you do any person would do. he ran over to the window and he, and he smashed the window and he and he put his head by the window to to inhale life to bring in life and what happened was that the whole air there by the window was all smoky so even though he smashed through the window. And he's come to this realization. That's what my life is. My life is not in here. My life is outside. He breathes it in. And that itself was poison. So we have the biggest Achmanis. The person finally comes to this realization. It's take. I don't have that many years left to live. I don't know what my life is about. I don't feel happy. I'm empty and aching. And I don't know why. But now I'm beginning, it's beginning to dawn on me that I've ignored, I've neglected the basmelech, the princess inside of me. I've neglected my neshama. So he smashes open the window. And he thinks he's going to, he thinks now he's going to take in a big breath of air. And he thinks he's going to find the happiness. Not, he doesn't get, he doesn't know how to even make the basmelech happy. So he thinks he's going he's gonna to breathe that in. He's going to get something else from this world that he thinks is neshamadik. Something else that's going, to, that's going to solve the problem. But his whole life, he doesn't know even what the neshama is talking about. He doesn't understand the neshama. So he smashes open the window and he tries to grab something else from this world. Something else from this world because that's what's missing. Another vacation. But this time it's going to be a vacation to Yerushalayim. So I'm not going to go to Rome. I'm going to go to Yerushalayim. And that's going to that's be it. That's a good thing. But that's not it. But that's not it. So you, you might be inhaling and you haven't yet gotten past the smoke of this world. A person lives, a person lives when he inhales, when he inhales the air of the neshama, when he inhales the air of Elam Haba. That's when a person lives, when he lives with the, when he breathes, when he breathes the world of the neshama. As much as the person tries to add life by inhaling from this world, he's only contributing and hastening the process of death. He's only, he's only embedding himself and investing himself more into, the, into, that, into, that, into that world, which is, which is the Alma de Piru, the world of separation, Alma de Maish, the world of death. Hashem Baruch should help us. We have a lot, to, a lot of work to do to, to learn how to breathe the fresh air, to, to learn how to, to live in that world of the Neshama and to overcome to overcome Chibat we shouldn't experience it after this world, and we shouldn't, God forbid, 
we shouldn't, God forbid, experience it even more scary is to experience it during the 120 years while we're in this world, but each and every one of us should be able to breathe the air of Tarim Mitzvahs, of the Neshama, and ultimately to breathe the air of Yushalayim, but an air of Yushalayim that's not polluted by the stench of Yishmael, the air of Yushalayim that's our air, that's the air of, of Mashiach Zakenu, the Gula Shem Vamitis, and the Amen.